Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show. Nine years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt. Co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedendorski. Listen, this is kind of like the runway, everybody, because next week will be our 10th anniversary episode. That's a big deal. Just a little bit. I think it's a big deal. Yeah. 10 years is holy smokes. And you've been a part of it how long? Uh, eight. Eight years? Yeah, a little so, over. So, Miles Bauer, i got to tell you, for next week's show, <laughs> we got so many Ludwig outtakes, it's scary. <laughs> or we call them uh, nuggets of knowledge. <laughs> yeah. All right, speaking of nuggets of knowledge from today's show, uh, preppy as I call it, Biden's lies, and by the way, let me preface it, this is not my words, I'm reading a title. Biden's lies and outright fabrications are constantly dismissed, downplayed and softened by media reporters. Look the other way when Biden's constantly lies with impunity. That's an article from Fox News. Although I will say that several news organizations, even CNN, is stuck acknowledging that this guy's got a, let's just call it a raging imagination for the truth. Yeah. He was just in Puerto Rico talking about how he grew up as like a Puerto Puerto Rican Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. And then he recently talked about his son that was killed in Afghanistan or in Iraq. Go, no, no, he didn't. Where does this guy come up with this stuff? And I got to tell you, I'm not even bashing him for a moment. I think it goes to his cognitive uh, issues. I do. I don't, I mean, he's always been a raging liar. The Democrats previously rejected him twice uh, as, a, as a presidential candidate because of plagiarism in February extremes. You remember that, I assume, Miles Bauer? Oh, yeah. And suddenly everything he does is okie doke and nobody's paying attention to this, but I, the world is paying attention and we're seeing the reaction from folks like Saudi Arabia uh, with the OPEC nations that are going, nah, we don't have to bother with this guy because he doesn't know, as my dad used to say, he doesn't seem to know whether he's a foot or horseback. And uh, that's a scary thing. Uh, but they do, ah, oh, that's just Joe. That's just how Uncle Joe is. Um Miles, is that a is that a a domestic and geopolitical problem to have him that disconnected from oh, reality? Yeah. Um, oh, and by the way, I made an assumption. Let me ask you first: Do you think he's just a raging liar, or do you think this is a cognitive disorder? No, I think he's starting to lose grip on what is reality and what what isn't. I, and I got to tell you, the re- and I'm by the way, I'm I admit here that I'm very conflicted on this because he's got 50 years, our entire adult life, more than that, with with just perpetual lying from the, from the floor of the Senate where you listen to his speeches and you go, what? And I'm talking 20, 30, and 40 years ago. Crazy stuff that he would say, opposite ideologically from what he's saying now. But I wrestle with it. Is it just more of the same lying, 
And, you know, you're agreeing with Miles. Though. Yeah, no, I think a lot of this is cognitive. I think something like what he said in Puerto Rico is just his polit- political speak. But looking for a dead congresswoman in the crowd, that's cognitive. That's, that's not a guy who's got everything there. And, that, and I've, said, I've said for months, I feel bad for the man because he's in a position he should not be in. And the people around him, mainly his wife, who should be protecting him, are not. Who was the politician a few years ago that was yelling out into the audience at some rally? They somebody somebody stand up, stand up, whatever the person's name was. But the person that they were calling out was wheelchair bound with no legs. Miles, do you remember that? Oh yeah. Who was that? Do you recall which politician it was? Was that was that Biden? Who was that? Yeah, no, it, Joe Joe was the one saying it. I think he was talking to an Ohio congressman but i can't remember the guy's name well but my point in bringing it up is that this isn't new so we can say it's a cognitive decline but that was several years ago and it's like this guy just doesn't have to read the notes he doesn't have to follow the, he doesn't have to do anything well and the it, biden and, gaffes definitely aren't new i mean those, no, no, no. those were uh, laughed at during during the obama era so that gaff of stand up is it a gaff or is it he was early signs of dementia or alzheimer's or whatever we're actually seeing right now now listen 1988 when he when his presidential campaign fell apart we didn't have social media so the echo chamber wasn't as ringing of an effect uh, you didn't have entertainment snooze across a cable spectrum um, i think that was when was that cnn had already started was that the only one miles in uh, in 1988 i can't remember yeah. when they started but you didn't have a collage of them anyways but even then with limited news the news went oh my goodness what did he just say now they're going close your ears pretend like you didn't hear that that was nothing that's just uncle joe i, I and i've said this a lot i know i apologize but i think that that our news is the only private industry that is specifically specifically protected by the Constitution, and with that comes a responsibility to be intellectually honest, truthful, and actually report from a referee point of view, calling balls and strikes. Not we're on that side, so that's the side we're doing. I, I, maybe I'm being very naive with that, but that's that's how I see it. Um, what do you think, Miles? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I mean. The, this is an age-old thing that you and I have talked about forever. That, that I mean, the media hasn't been calling balls and strikes. Maybe never. Day. Maybe never, by the way. You're right about that because, heck, I, I mean, you can go back and read news articles during the Lincoln-Douglas campaign where, and in fact, as I recall, both of those two candidates bought a newspaper. One bought one, one bought the other, and then they tried to lead the media narrative with them. And the things that were said during the Andrew Jackson race were, political race, were off the hook crazy from both sides. What was that, Miles? I even read an article the other day. Thomas Jefferson hired a journalist to sit in the State Department. And he would sit there and write things, negative things or false things, (laughs) about Jefferson's opponents. Sure. So that would be like state-run TV nowadays. Right. 
CNN. CNN. <laughs> uh, here's the comforting part about the Biden part, though. <laughs> Biden tells Tapper, uh, U.S. has contingencies if Putin uses tactical nukes. Uh, and then the subquote, not from me, could uh, uh, could end in Armageddon. If that's actually Biden. But the reason I'm putting it all together down in the final minute before break is everything that we've said about Biden, we're not doctors, folks, but there's clearly a problem. And that leaves me going, holy smokes, is this really the guy that we want at the helm when people from across the political spectrum around the world are concerned with a nuclear a nuclear threat. And by the way, the very first person in all of this to use the word nuclear wasn't Putin, it was Biden. That's an important detail here. Because everyone's pointing at Putin going, why'd you say that? He didn't say that. He said he would ratchet things up. That's obviously a paraphrase. But that I don't know that he was actually thinking nuclear. Biden said it. And I'm going, holy smokes, I think we got the wrong guy sitting at the helm. Miles, we're down to seconds before break. What's your take on this? Yeah, I was going to say, um, I think the Biden votes were more an anti-Trump vote than it was necessarily for Biden. Oh, I think that's exactly true. I, I think that because he didn't, absolutely, he did not win just Trump. <laughs> that's exactly true. Listen, folks, stay with us. So we've got a lot more and we'll be right back. All right, guys, listen, I'm looking at an article. This is from ZeroHedge.com. I think they've linked it from somewhere else and then wrote their opinion around it, which is fine. But what they're doing is they're referring to the top general of the Czech Republic who said, we've never been closer to a conflict between Russia and NATO, his words. Miles, is this hyperbole, or do you think we're, do you actually believe that we're near uh, near conflict um, globally? Well, first of all, I disagree with the statement. I think the Cuban Missile Crisis was fairly significant. Agreed. Absolutely. Spot on so, with that. But I I can see how some, I can see how a Czech wouldn't even take that into consideration because... It's our vantage, not theirs. Well, yeah. it's our history, right? Right. They may not even understand that part of what the, the equation well but from the from that point from this general's lifetime he would have been on their side then yeah and think what do you mean you don't want missiles 90 miles away we've got them that close yeah I, it would have been a very different perspective but I think miles i think you're exactly right with that i think we're, we're definitely on the edge of something major uh you got the chinese taunting the taiwanese or and taunting us they're talking about Iran backing right now the Russians' attacks in the Ukraine. So really, we're fighting a proxy war in Ukraine, us versus Iran, instead of us just fighting Iran. So I will re- refer back to what I said, I think, last week, where I'm not buying a lot of news um, around that that whole entire conflict between the U- Ukraine and uh, Russia at, as as the old saying goes, the first casualty of war is the truth. So 
to be honest with you, I can read a lot of articles, but I'm not buying a lot of our articles. So I don't think we truly do know what all's in reality going on. Well, yeah. I think that's true. We saw the same thing in Syria, which is who are we fighting with, who are we fighting against? I mean, John McCain asked that question. How are we going to support this war? Are we fighting with Hassan, with jihadists, are we against jihadists? and anti-Assad uh, and with Russians, and it was so convoluted. It is convoluted, but you know what haunts me a little bit is history. So back, back Miles Bauer, when you and I were much, much younger, way mm-hmm. younger than Ludd is now, <laughs> and it was the lead-up to Reagan's pres- presidency, and the left were, he's a warmonger, he's going to put us in a global war. Right. At the time, because of that, I was a big and remain a big Reaganite. Uh, he brought me to the political arena. But at the time, I started reading as much as I could back then I went to the library. And and I'm reading on, on all of the military conflicts in the United States that the United States is engaged in. With the exception of one, all of them were, dem- were, were Democrat-driven wars, whether it's Vietnam, whether it's Korea, all the way down the list, the Democrats drove us, and I would, by the way, throw the Civil War in that pile. They were all done by Democrats. And I... I... Yeah, but caution here, because remember, Shreb started... Uh... He did. I said all but one. He yeah. absolutely did. But my point in general is that the left's ideology, I don't want to use the term warmongering, but the left's they, they happen to, at least to me, at least with math, they're the ones with, with, the, with the, because most of the writer, at least half of it, tend to be libertarian in foundation, classical liberal as I call it, which is non-interventionism. Whereas they're, they're the, uh, the war hawks. Um, they, and I think part of it goes to the, to the different, and it's not that I'm saying, by the way, that they're wanting a war. But I think it goes to the difference in definition between what they, the left identifies as the proper role of government versus how the right views the proper role of government. The last thing in the entire world I think the United States should do is, being engage, is to engage in a police action. I don't think anything on our Constitution gives our government the authority to be in a police action, and I don't care if, if, if it is in Ukraine, Vietnam, etc., all the way down the list. I don't think that we can do that constitutionally. So that steers me down the path to say, our founders were really wise. This isn't a good idea. What say you on that, Miles Bauer? No, I, I certainly agree. I mean, they, these eternal wars that just go on and on and on, I mean, just look at Afghanistan. We all agreed to it that we needed to go after Osama bin Laden. But then once we got him, Obama stayed there. Right. And now he was going to nation build. One of the things I've learned by being an amateur study of history, though, is that winning the peace is always 100% of the time more significant than winning the war. Um, what we spent 15 years pushing 15 years in Europe 
We're still there. What am I thinking 15 years? We're still right. there keeping the peace from World War II. We had a 10-year reconstruction in the United States following the Civil War, and most folks thought that that was ended too soon, that we left the South in shambles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, and I, I only say that because we shouldn't have been, to your points, Miles Bauer, we shouldn't have been there in that police action in the first place. It didn't do anything. And I've said many times since this uh, Ukrainian drama started, it's a several centuries old war. What in the world do we think we're going to accomplish? I, I just, it's to, to me, it's insanity. But listen, before we get to the next break, I, I got to touch on this, I promised myself. And let me preface it, I just be, want to be honest, folks, because I know we've got listeners that will disagree on, with me on this point, and that's fine. I've not been an Alex Jones fan, and it's not me it's not me besmirching another radio show at all. Um, I was a Reagan, not a Reagan, I was a, a a big Rush Limbaugh fan. And so the two, in my view, are very different. My personality aligned far more with Rush than, than Alex Jones. Having said that, I think the First Amendment protected them both and protects this show. Um, and, and Miles, you and I have touched on this a number of times both off and on air that the First Amendment isn't there to protect things that we all agree with. It's there to make sure that contrary opinions aren't aren't stifled. Is that accurate? Oh yeah, exactly. So I listen, I my the wrestling match I'm having, and I'm looking for one of you two two guys to explain it to me. When Alex Jones, I don't agree with his viewpoint, by the way, re- regarding the, the uh, Sandy Hook shooting. Keeping in mind, I retained my federal firearms license. I owned a gun shop for years and years. I'm a gun guy. However, I, I, I just I was never able to get his hypothesis to line up. It didn't make sense to me. Setting that stuff aside on the positions of it, how did his opinion cause a billion dollars in damages? Miles, I'll start with you, but I guess I want both of your opinions on it you got we got less than a minute before break but tell me what you think miles bauer yeah i i would have liked to have studied more about that case because the prosecution would would have had to demonstrate damages well not the the you know the the uh i it made no sense to me i just i get hurt feelings I get that folks were offended. I understand all that. But to me, all the words that I can assign to it are, again, what the First Amendment is about. But see, if if I offend Lude, Lude can't come back and sue me. I mean, he could try, but it, it, won't, it won't go anywhere. Well, Miles, you and I have never said anything that would offend Lude. I know. I know, exactly. Lude, we got seconds. What's your opinion on the topic? I think they're trying to bury him. The, I listened to the verdicts come back live this week and bury him. He's the he's going to be the the head of it all, like the picture of it. But I, it's more than just him, but he's just the. Listen, the I got to tell you, figure. I've got a hypothesis. I want to run by you, folks. Stay with us because we got some big stuff still on the plate, and we'll be right back.
Folks, if you're just tuning in, I am Mike Hewitt, co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. Before we jump into the news, some house uh, housekeeping notes that I want to share. First off, as I've often said over the last month or two, please email me. If you like what we're saying, if you don't like it, if you wish we'd touch, touch on a topic we haven't, the email address is mike at themikehewittshow.com. But I also want to add we're now podcast not only at WHTC's website, which you can Google super duper easy. That is our flag station, 1450 AM, 99.7 FM. Uh, You'll find us podcasted there, but you'll also find the show podcasted on Spotify and Apple Podcast. I'm liking that a lot. And since I'm on a roll with this stuff, let me throw in something else I've learned over the last oh, four or five weeks, maybe not that quite that long, but we've been putting, I every week I do a 60-second spot, uh, and it's shared on a bunch of stations, and I'm very honored and appreciated. I used to call it the the 60 seconds of common sense. Now I think of it as the 60 seconds of uncommon sense. I put it, I, it, it so it went out on radio stations, and I'd been posting it to the show's fake book page, and also to LinkedIn, and also to Instagram, um, somewhere else. It doesn't matter. And then I started putting it on TikTok. Now, Lud help me understand something. TikTok, I thought, was supposed to be a bad thing. No, no. Well, when we first, when, when first, when TikTok first got to the point where it was on people's minds. It's because it was, it was a, it's a Chinese company. It's a Chinese rotten, terrible company. Their country and they're trying to take over. Data, data gather, gather our data, and using algorithms to control us. Oh yeah. Well, here's what I'm. My point in that, though, is I started putting the 60 second spot on TikTok, and if you're interested, folks, you can go to TikTok, search the Mike Hewitt Show. You'll find there's a small but growing collection of these 60 second pieces, and the viewership and the, in fact, the likes outpace all of the views from all of the other places that those 60-second spots are posted. I find that fascinating. Oh, TikTok's algorithm's way better than the other ones. Like, when I started using it, I guess, during COVID, what I saw then versus now has significantly changed. In fact, I liked TikTok because I didn't see all the political stuff. And then all of a sudden, I started getting that stuff, and I stopped watching it. Because I'm like, you know, I wanted something that got me away from that. Yeah. Instead of be- my Facebook is just filled with it. My Instagram, kind of, my Twitter is. And I'm like, you know, I want something that's funny, entertaining. That's what I want to watch videos of. But once I clicked, I saw one. It became, within a week, um, every other one was. Well, and because within two weeks, fe- everyone was. I'm they, like, they feed you with your algorithms. Yeah. But listen, one of the things I liked about TikTok, let me be very, very candid on this point for a minute. Somehow I started seeing black conservatives. Mm -hmm. And, of course, just like your point, all of a sudden every, because every night I'd spend 15 or 20 minutes just clicking through, and it got to where I was, um, most of what I was seeing was black conservatives. Not one or two, but lots and lots and lots. And I absolutely loved what these guys and girls were saying. I really did. I'd get done watching it and feel good about what I watched because I thought, wow, there's people from every background that are that are 
getting bold enough to stand up and say something. Anyway, my only point with that is that the 60-second spots are also on TikTok, so take a, uh, take a listen to that. Um, but listen, I, I want to go back to the Alex Jones thing for just a moment before we move on with the rest of the, of the show list. My view of it was, and I might be all wet here, maybe I'm being sensitive. You know how sensitive I am. Yeah, big teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my view of it is is that they're pushing back on conservative radio. So they're trying to make it so folks are afraid to say anything. When I look at a billion dollar, just shy of a billion dollar award, I think, holy smoke Roonies, what did he possibly say that caused that kind of monetary damage. And and I, by the way, again, let me reiterate, I'm not a fan, so I'm not just blindly defending him. I think he has a right to an opinion. Whether I agree with it or not is a separate issue. If not, the view would owe you a billion dollars. Listen, they got progressive talk shows. I don't agree with them. But I, the last thing in the world I want to do is shut them down. I'm opposite of that. I say welcome to the arena of ideas. Miles, I think you and I are probably on the same page with that thinking, but what say you? You know, even though you have a subscription to the New York Times and Washington Post, (laughs) and and you listen to Rachel Maddow on a nightly basis. Now you realize that we're supposed to pick on Ludd, not each other, right? (laughs) This is not the 2016 primary relive. I like when the old guys turn on each other. (laughs) All right, go ahead. Keep keep pounding me. I'm all right. No, no, I I cert- certainly agree. Um, the birth of Limbaugh came because of Reagan turning off that equal time on uh, radio, right? Uh, Long time regulation that that uh, they they had, the, and that 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 began the rise of of Rush. It sounds like. What, what we might be viewing here is a different way to go after uh, conservative talk shows. That, that's my interpretation. And by the way, the law was the fairness doctrine. And, yeah. and folks, the way it used to work is that if they gave me, by the way, they don't give it to me, but if, if I have 15 minutes on a radio with my conservative position, the, then the radio stations across the fruited plain had to put 15 minutes on the radio of the contrary position. The problem with that thinking was, uh, frankly, is that left, left and right get their information in different formats. And so the left doesn't typically listen to conservative radio. And I'm not excoriating them. I'm only pointing out that we, we do different things to inform ourselves. And I think that's always been true. So what would happen to the radio stations is that half their time would be filled with stuff that nobody wanted to listen to and then thusly nobody wanted to advertise during those times. It wasn't fair to anybody, in my view. That's kind of what I thought. But this is another way of doing it. I see this as an attempt at fear-mongering. So we don't like what you conservative talk shows are saying, and we're going to show you that we can punish you if we want to, so you better ease back. That's my interpretation of it. By the way, I'd love to be wrong, but I'm not convinced 
but I am. I got to ask you, I, I stumbled on an article. It's a two-year-old article, let me be candid with you. This is from news.gallup.com. Miles, you and I are big pollster fans. Oh, yeah. yeah we're down to less than a couple minutes, but I want to touch on this. Uh, and, and the reason, folks, that I'm bringing it up is that I think it kind of tells us about the division where we're at. But it is a Gallup poll. New high favors one-party control of U.S. federal government. I, um, I, I, at the time, in fact, I, I think I can get the numbers while we're talking, but at the time, the over, there, there was a lot more fav- people in favor. And, and interestingly, according to Gallup, more people on the conservative side wanted single party than the, than the progressive side, although the numbers were very close. Uh, but it represented more than half. Miles, does that cause you any concerns? Yeah, I think what what all, what all is going on here is that we've become so polarized that reaching across the aisle is becoming a dying art. And so people want everybody on their their side to be in there so that they can get their legislation through that normally they couldn't get through. Right. So Tip O'Neill and Reagan would have both been excoriated in the environment we're in when they were having their weekly brandy together. But Miles, hold that thought because we've got to go to a break. Folks, please stay with us and we will be right back. All right, gentlemen, let's jump jump down the the show preppy list a little ways. I'm reading this, folks. This is from the AmericanWireNews.com. Their, t- their title, not mine. Dems want Americans to believe they haven't supercharged the deficit. My, my note was fun stuff. Uh, Ludwig, you're the economist in the family. Did they supercharge the deficit? No, Obama did. You think it's Obama? Yeah, he doubled it from four from uh, eight trillion to well, over doubles, almost eight eighteen trillion when he left. But every president, not to defend him, but to defend honesty, every president throughout the last several, having and Democrats would be yelling, put Reagan on that list, have increased the. Um, the deficit significantly. The Tea Party, when I was standing on the steps of the Tea Party, it was it was heading towards ten trillion. Now we're at roughly roughly thirty trillion. So it's three times what it was whenever that was 12, 11, 12 years ago. Um I that's huge. That's huge. Um Trump, to your point, Miles Bauer did not run on limited government or deficit reduction. But he right. didn't. Uh, he didn't do anything about those issues. But even in his term, up until the COVID year, he was only at three. You're gonna, whatever, argue it. But he was at three and a half trillion dollars increased. I'm not gonna argue with math. Like, if, if that's the math, but that's no, the no, math. it's not the same. It's not even close to the same as doubling it from eight to eight, over double from eight to eighteen trillion. It's not the same. Well, and let's let's also re- re- remember the context of this. Um, in the first CR he got presented. 
and Michael re re member because I called Mike up and I said, I'm going to temporarily get off the Trump train yep. and walk walk alongside of you. You actually said that on the air too. I was very impressed. Yeah. Being a cruiser, I was impressed. So so, so Lude, I mean, yes, I, I agree he did sign the CR. Right. But but in that scenario, who did the spending? The same as in every scenario. The House right. of Representatives controls the purse strings of the United States. That's right. not something he can spend. He, whoever, whoever the executive is, can spend a lot of dough uh, running their executive branch. But who, who, who's the, uh, who's got the wheelbarrow of cash is the House of Representatives. I think right. that's my point. Is that Trump only raised it by three and a half trillion, not over ten trillion? Is the, is there a limit? Again, you're still the economist. Is there a limit to what what the government can run us? Because they'd say, the left would say, no, there's no limit. These are just numbers on a page. Well, by constitution, there's not a limit. No, I'm not talking about that. I set that aside for Financially, me. yeah, there's a limit. Financially, what do you think the limit We're is? We're past it. So what you're saying was we're at the point of no return. Yes. We're beyond the point of no return. The world is. What not does just that us, mean? The world. So my sister would be yelling, what does that mean to me? What does it mean to my sister? Who's... Well, right now she accounts for about $64,000 of the debt. Okay, here's the point. How does that impact her world? She can't pay it. I so get that. So she can't pay it. Okay, but what is she? Then we can't pay the debt so down. So if we can't pay the debt down, how does that? How does not paying the debt down impact an individual's life? Because well, that's what I'm driving at. So interest rates. If, if China or Russia called in their bonds which is where the debt sat, yep. we wouldn't be able to pay them. So we are bankrupt. However, we have as much of their debt or close to, so we could call our bonds in on them. The debt is just, it's, it's almost fake. That's, it's, what, that's what the left says. It's like says. we're borrowing $10 from you at the same time you're borrowing $10 from me. Right. And then we're both in debt 10 bucks. Miles, what did you say? I was going to say it would Im- impact Brenda via interest rates. Which is well, and, and thank you very much, Miles Bauer. <laughs> it's like the boy knows where I'm going with this. Right. We're we're on the threshold of watching what I call affectionately called Jimmy Carter interest. So my wife and I had been discussing: Do we want to sell this house? We're just two people now, two people in a modestly, modestly large Great Dane and a bird. You see, why are we have this house where it was really built for? More people. Well, the reason I don't want to go nowhere is because we've got a mortgage that's about 3%. And I, I listen, I think that this winter is going to bring some big changes economically. And because the, the Fed does the same thing every single time. I, I'm hearing myself having touched on this before on the show. I remember the 90s uh, with, with the Shrub One where the, the Fed threw us through the windshield in their goal to cool off the economy. Um, Reagan inherited Jimmy Carter's disaster, but it always goes to spending. It always goes to spending what you don't have. Mm-hmm. So it's the example I used to use with you, Lud, on the air. So you see a $400 radio. You think, hot dog, that's a great deal on that radio. Normally it's 500 I don't have the cash, but I'm going to put it on my visa where the interest rate is only 
So for your $400 radio that was discounted from $500, you'll pay $1,500. So what did your parents do before visas were created? Uh, but listen, they paid cash because oh. they either had the money or they didn't. So where generation of those visas come from? You're going to blame it on me again? Oh, is it the boomers? Yeah. And then who the boomers raise? Right. So The Xenials, the Gen Xs, the Millennials, who saw their parents just using cards. I remember saying to my parents one, just write a check. Right. Not understanding that there had to be money in the bank for that check. Or just use the card. We didn't, we didn't know. We just used the, you just used the card. Miles, I can't go down this path with Ludwig. Because I'm right. I'm this my, is a gener. You guys created this generation. And this idea that just put it on the car. You act like somebody put you in a headlock and demanded that you go crazy with your dough. I'm not assaulting you personally. Your generation. They did. Oh, lie. Go, Miles. Lude, I I remember being eight years old and my mom had bank cards. Yep. So it was not the boomers. He's saying there's always been credit lines. Yeah, but you guys are the end of boomers. Well, credit lines ain't the same thing. His mother is not the end of boomers. Here's right. the difference to, to Miles's point, because I know Ma Bauer pretty well. Yeah. yeah. I've known her since since high school. Her view of a credit card, unless it's changed since I knew her growing up, is I just put $400 on my credit card. Remind me at the end of the month because i got to pay it off. Right. Isn't, yeah. that, isn't that how she does it? Yep. So she was a convenience. It wasn't a, I'm going to buy a stereo that I absolutely cannot afford. It's that it would be more convenient if I piled this up for the end of the month. But absolutely, I'm only going to pay the transaction fee, not the 25% So if, let's ask you this, you guys this then. If credit didn't exist, would a brand new car today cost $36,000? I don't know, but listen. No, because you couldn't. nobody could afford to save that kind of money. But listen, it, when you say it that way, I'm... I'm reminded of, of, of Henry Ford, who, who was, they were the biggest operator in America. General Motors jumped out in front of them with the advent of GMAC. Henry Ford said, if you can't afford it, don't buy it. Well, then later he had to come up with Ford Credit yeah, because folks would buy more than they could afford. And that wasn't a boomer thing, but that was the path to where we're at now. But if I looked at my grandfather, who made a modest income, but had a, a place up north, folks, if you're somewhere other than Michigan, you're doing pretty well if you got a place up north to go visit on the weekends. Yeah. So he was a modest income, but a, a, a significant portion of his check, his payroll check, did not go rawly to interest. And how this relates to what we were talking about with the federal debt, Miles, Lud, we pay as taxpayers, a crazy percentage of what we contribute to our government goes to the interest on this debt. Billions a day. Is It is billions a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles, we're down to a minute. What say you on that topic? No, no, I, I agree. I mean, I can justify in my head, and maybe Lude will pu- push back. I, I, I can see getting a loan for a house. I agree with your point, though, Mike, about getting a loan for a stir- for a radio. That that I don't know about that. But everybody's doing it. So if you go to your favorite big box store and you say, "I want a new 65-inch TV," when you look at the price, I don't care what big box store it is, 
it'll say this is $1,000 or $28 a month. Mm-hmm. Right on it, because, and I, as everyone knows that's listened to the show for a while, I spent several decades in the auto industry, and people wouldn't care how much the car was. How much are, how much are my payments? Payment, yeah. They didn't care. $5 billion? That's not bad. How much are my payments? For the next 840 Ooh. years, it's only going to be $7,000. That's how we get to where we got. Listen, folks, do me a favor. Don't forget, write me a note, Mike, at the MikeHewittShow.com. Please, please be safe. I can't wait to see you next week for our 10th anniversary.